Welcome to Student Talk, Curtin University Edition, an official podcast from the Australasian College of Paramedicine. In this series, we discuss hot topics, ideas and tips for paramedic students. We hope you enjoy it. Here is your host for today. Hello, my name is Sam Willis and I'm the Discipline Lead for Paramedicine at Curtin University in Western Australia. And today we have the amazing Jane Jennings, third and final year student paramedic here at Curtin University. Welcome, Jane. How are you? Uh, thanks, Sam. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good today. I'm looking forward to doing this podcast with you. I'm touching on an area that generally I feel a little bit uncomfortable with when it comes to um, looking at birthing in, a, in an ambulance, but happy to um, have a chat about my experiences. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much um, for showing up, Jane, and, and making this contribution to your profession. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. So as you've suggested, you, you, we're going to be talking about a situation that you faced in relation to birthing in an out-of-hospital care setting. So would you be happy just to tell us a little bit about the case, please? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, obviously, we're on a call card. Anytime we see the word imminent birth or impending birth, our, our senses are quite heightened straight away and we normally have quite limited information and it kind of unfolds as we arrive on scene. So um, when we got to the scene, there was a huge number of cars outside and a big pump, like an automatic pump. And so we, we clicked then that we were perhaps going into what would have been a water birth. Um, when we got inside, like we couldn't even get into the, into the house straight away because there was just so much stuff blocking the... Um, the entrance but we finally made our way in and saw the big pool but we couldn't actually there was heaps of people but we couldn't see the patient or the mother at first um, and the first person that we spoke to was the community midwife um, she's um, sort of let us know that the birth wasn't progressing and we were going to be heading into to one of the hospitals but not the closest hospital we'll be heading into the maternity hospital so already was a little bit uncomfortable that we're going to be bypassing perhaps two or three hospitals to get mum the, the chosen hospital. So um, my initial thoughts were thank heavens we've got a midwife with us. Um, I know they're a lot more experienced than what we are, but obviously um, my role was going to change because I was expecting um, I was going to be helping this mum deliver, but in the end I realised that you know potentially we're just going to be a transportation service for um, the mum and the midwife. So my role was going to be quite different to what I initially expected. Um, I didn't get to see mum for a little while after, before I got the handover and um, I did ask the midwife if it was okay if I made contact with the mum and also dad. I was very keen to see what their initial plans were. Um, yeah, and so it was, it was strange sort of getting on scene, being on scene for a short period of time or even probably five minutes before I even got to lay eyes on mum and see where she actually was. Um, and I haven't really even, I hadn't even touched sort of touch base with mum I hadn't sort of done any, any sort of formal observations anything like that so it automatically changes your comfort level you have really no idea of where mum is at um, I suppose we're quite comfortable with that medical model you know we like to get a set of obs on our patient before we do things but uh, midwifery and also um, you know birthing is a natural process for mum so technically is she a patient or is she just someone that you know is going through a natural sort of process and we're there to support that um, I was quite happy to um, go out and set the ambulance up. 
But then all of a sudden I realised I was setting the ambulance up for four people in the back rather than the initial two that we normally have. So I had a lot of considerations there that I had to think, where am I going to be sitting? Where's the midwife going to be sitting? And, and you know, really importantly, where's dad going to go as well? Because I wanted him to be, you know, right there where he should be for mum. It sounds like uh, it sounds like even from what you've explained, that was a lot of different factors that you're taking into consideration. And it sounds very complex. You know, the idea of having a water birth at home, the idea that a community midwife, thank, thank goodness, is already on scene, which is which is a relief, but then not actually uh, being able to access mum straight away. And for the midwife to tell you that the birth's not progressing is always a concern. And I, I particularly like what you said about your role changing and how you had to adapt to what was occurring. And that's absolutely essential in your role as a, as a paramedic, as you know. So it already sounds pretty complex, but maybe you could tell us about what you felt was challenging. What did you see as challenging in this situation? Um, so first of all, I guess it's a control thing. So normally as a paramedic, when we enter the scene, as much as we try and we involve our patient, we sort of direct what's going to happen with the job know what we can do um, I'm quite sure the midwife is normally used to having that control as well but having a mum who's at home who's chosen a home birth she's very much in control she's chosen to birth away from the hospital and sort of regain some of that control so there's there's three sort of people that we had to consider but ideally for me I quickly realized that the mum was the one I wanted to try and maintain as you know I wanted her to maintain as much control as possible because her plan had changed and I still wanted her to have a really positive birth experience although that was changing so control was a big thing that I thought could possibly be something that was going to be difficult for me to juggle because we were then taking um, this this lady or this patient into an unfamiliar environment for both herself and also the midwife into my sort of comfort zone um, so we, I sort of had to make sure that everyone was still comfortable, but I also needed to make sure that I was going to be able to access everything that we needed and be able to um, manage any equipment that we may need once we, if anything was to progress along the way. So the unfamiliar environment of the ambulance was something that I had to consider um, where I was going to position everybody and how I was going to support them as much as I could if, if anything was to change. That's great. And, and what you've just explained ties in nicely to what you previously talked about in terms of um, having to having to um, having to, to change your role as the situation progresses. So, for example, working with someone on scene who is an expert in in that particular field is, is something that you mentioned several times because you mentioned how usually you're used to directing the scene and being in control. So how do you think um, how do you how did you change and, and how did that work for you and the patient and everyone concerned? Uh, well, I had my paramedic remind me um, quite quickly that I needed to position myself in, in a good in a good spot in the van and I was going to be crowding it by having all those people in the back. So I had to make sure that if things were to change, people needed to know what was going to happen. So I, I did let them know that if if we started progressing that we'd stop the van and if we need to rearrange any of the people's positions, we would. Um, I actually positioned all our gear in the attendance seat next to the midwife. Now, um, 
because that's generally where we would sit, but I was quite happy, obviously, for her to be there. But then I realised along the way that if anything did happen, she wasn't familiar with the stuff that I put there, the equipment that I put there, how to connect it, how to use any of it. So um, I probably should have put that really behind the stretcher at the head and where I was sitting. So then I could have actually assisted and helped out with that. So um, my paramedic, you know, it was good that she reminded me that, but then I still came, came down to me making the final decision where I wanted to put everybody and so I asked the patient, I asked mum, I said, what was your initial plan? You know, is, were you hoping dad could catch the baby? Were you hoping, you know, what, were, what was the plan? And so I really wanted to sort of try and still maintain that for her as much as we could. And then I just said, look, if things do change, we'll pull over, we'll stop and we'll rearrange if we need to. So um, I tried to, you know, always keep mum in, in the forefront of the decision making rather than me sort of struggle with, oh, this should be me doing this or this should be the midwife doing this. I really kept trying to relate back to, to mum and also dad. I wanted him to be where he wanted to be as well. Thanks, Jen. And it, it sounds amazing that you're, you're providing this real high level of person-centred care and putting mum and dad at, at the centre of it, while at the same time having to think on your feet and adapt to the situation, working with another paramedic, working with a midwife, doing what's right for the patient, taken into consideration that this you wanted this person to have a really good experience during their own birth and you even demonstrated that you've got areas that that you may have may learn from and, and implement differently next time which is also fantastic so that really is my next question to you um, what do you think in this situation are your opportunities for growth or change or development next time um I would have liked to, reflecting back on it, um, along the way, uh, the, the mama started asking for pain relief. And um, that was sort of a bit of a juggle for me. I didn't know what the midwife could offer. She also, I think, in some ways, jumped to conclusions a little bit about what I had to offer as well. She thought anything that we were going to have would affect the baby immediately, that wouldn't be good for mum. And um, I think I'd like to know initially, you know, before we get going, what mum's plans were. Obviously, you're thinking a water birth. Um, she's probably wanted to go pain-free or, you know, pain relief-free, um, any sort of interventions there. But things had changed for her. So I never established before we left what, you know, she'd be comfortable with because after the second or third time where she's asked for pain relief and the midwife has kind of just sort of said, oh, no, you're doing well, we're nearly there. No, and I knew full well we had quite a long way to go before we got to the hospital. I started feeling uncomfortable because I knew that we had some options that could make her comfortable and a little bit more settled without really affecting, affecting Bub if Bub was to be delivered. So I think I'd like to establish early on with mum, look, your plans have changed. You've been birthing for quite a while. Well, you know, you've been in labour for quite a while. You know, what options would you like for pain relief? I would like to establish that rather than when it came to that really touchy point in the van where we've got the midwife attempting to distract her. Now that may have been mum's initial wishes as well. She may have been on the right track, but I would have liked to establish that quite early. So I didn't feel like I was treading on anyone's toes in that area. Was it mum's wish to, to be intervention free or was she open to choices? And um, in the end, she, you know, the dad looked at me and said, we want pain relief, we want something. She's uncomfortable, she's tired. So we went down a gentle intervention and very effective for mum. But I did feel uh, I would have liked to establish that earlier. 
Well, that's really good to hear. And again, your answer ties in with what you've been saying all along around providing person-centered care. Um, and I really like how you, you've taken away this, this idea of you wanted to gain more information so that you can use it in the, in the likely or unlikely event of change so that you can provide that high quality person-centered care. Um, and, and it's always complex when you're working with multiple people, particularly when you're walking into a stressful situation because the assumption is made that you are being called because things were not going to plan. Because as you know, birthing doesn't necessarily warrant uh, an emergency response. And it's usually or usually there when things are not going to plan or unexpected things happen. Um, and it's great to hear that you've got um, something that you would do differently next time, because I think every situation we go to, we can learn from. And it's completely reasonable that you would want to discuss pain relief options and to talk to the person and talk to the mum and dad around what their expectations are. And again, that falls in line really nicely with this idea of person-centered care. So that's great. It's, it's, it's been fantastic um, to, to hear your, your story, particularly in an area that is uh, that paramedics don't tend to get a lot of exposure to. So your experience, your case study really will go some way to helping other people who may come into this situation in the future. But just before we log off, is there anything else you would like to say? Are there any final comments, anything you would like to provide to the listeners that you think might help them if they were to come across this? Um, I think it'd be great as a, even even as an organisation for us to be familiar with what the midwife carries, what, what sort of things can she provide? Because obviously I set up all my equipment next to her. She may have exactly all that, but with equipment that she's familiar with herself rather than us giving her unfamiliar equipment. It'd be good to know what she can do if things progress and are different, you know, if she needed to do um, some more sort of um, complicated interventions after the baby was born. Because I kind of assumed she didn't have anything in her kit. I didn't know what she had. So I think for both of us, from my point of view and hers, it's that understanding what we both can do for each other. Um, maybe I might have assumed that she had limited uh, equipment with her, whether she had absolutely no pain relief. Um, I'd like to know, you know, I'd love to have a chat with a midwife or even just for someone to explain to us what they have on board with them, um, as opposed to thinking that we need to supply everything once they're in our environment. That's really good. And I think that would go some way to um, educating each other because you, it, could, it could go both ways as well. We, we don't really know what midwives or other health professionals think paramedics are. They've got their own ideas and their own opinions. But I think what you're suggesting is completely reasonable and would go some way to breaking down barriers further and to cross-pollinate each other with knowledge and experiences. Um, and, and that's definitely something we can all think about. And certainly for education providers, you know, to think about how do we work interprofessionally with midwives and other professionals so that they get a better understanding of what paramedics can and can't do. So that, that's a really good question. And that's something that we can take away as educationalists. Um, if, because I'm sure that some universities already do this, but I'm sure there's some scope for improvement in that space. Thank you, Jane. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And once again, thank you for sharing your case study with us and unpacking it. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Sam. No worries. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find more great content on our website, paraminutes.org, 
or if you have any questions, contact us on education at paramedics.org. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.